you ultimately make it a lot easier for you to be successful in advertising um, when you have higher uh, AOV and more margin to play with um, for scalability. So when you're when we're trying to advertise cheaper products, uh, you have to be so much more better at advertising. And I like to say like, work smart, not hard. And it's really hard to make $30 products work with, you know, 10, $15 in margin. It's much easier to make, you know, $40 of margin work on a $58 AOV. I can look like a much better advertiser. So. listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, we're back in business with another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast. We got your host, Dylan, and Zach in the house. Zach, what's good, my man? Dude, I'm pumped. This is going to be a great episode. This is guy, this guy, today's guest made the jump. You know, like there's so many folks that never make this jump. They just, they start an agency and they look up a decade later and they're just, focus on getting one more client this quarter, one more client this month. Um, so yeah, man, I'm excited to chat with him on how he did it and how he did it so quickly. Right. So yeah, man, thanks for uh, getting today's guests on Dylan. This is going to be a good one. Yeah. I'm freaking pumped, man. I text this guy. That's how close we are. You know, Oh, I had to have met, you know, this specific guest, maybe two or three years ago, he was speaking at an iStack event. He was dropping knowledge bombs and, kind of cool how we got connected but you know the one and only um colin mcguire he is the ceo over at Boomin, an eight-figure e-commerce brand portfolio and colin leads a team of 25 boomings yeah a little bit <laughs> i used to say the word booming Dylan. it's just like i, I love it well yeah so they grow e-com businesses and he's been featured in forbes Inc. Magazine and tons of other top publications. And shoot, last year alone, they generated over $45 million in revenue for their clients and brands they partner with, essentially. So I'm over here sweating. We got the hype is real. Colin, what's good, my man? Going on, guys. Happy to, uh, excited to get into this with you guys. It's been, it's been fun. Oh, it's going to even get better, man. I know you got some good stuff cooking in the kitchen over there. So we're going to open up the curtains and see what's over there. <laughs> All right. Do it. Well, heck yeah, man. But give everybody a little context to kind of who you are, what you're getting into, what Boomin does, so everybody has an idea of what they're getting into. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you laid it out pretty pretty well there. Um, so when we started Boomin, our fourth birthday will be this year. Um, when, when we started Boomin, the goal was to be uh, half agency, half e-commerce portfolio. Um, our, our approach has always been um, how do I use other people's money to make myself uh, rich and, and make more money? Um, and so we used client money uh, and our skills to basically essentially bankroll and fund us hiring and building our own team internally um, and very slowly moving towards an e-commerce portfolio model. So we run brands on a royalty uh, basis and also have equity brands in our portfolio. Um, 
my bio must have been a little bit old because we have about 30 people on the team um, and growing this year. Uh, we have three main hubs, uh, Chicago, Kansas City, LA. Uh, we've got offices in each, um, but our, our team's fully remote. Um, that just kind of happened by way of us wanting to work with the best of the best people. Um, and, you know, but we have some, some small hubs where we get together and meet up from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Boomin, you know, we, we've grown quite a bit over the last few years. Um, you know, I think we were one of the really early adopters to basically like rev share slash commission sales, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, relationships with clients. And that's really what got us over to us being a royalty-based e-commerce portfolio and ultimately kind of bankrolled us being into an equity-based uh, e-commerce portfolio. Um yeah, you know, we've, I've been, even previous to Boomin, actually, um, I was running uh, uh, Viral Cart Ventures, which was uh, a holdings company that I was using to uh, build and flip e-commerce brands. So even before I started Boomin, I had actually built, uh, depending on how you want to say what, what, what was finished and what was not finished, about 14 brands. And I actually sold 11 of them. Um, like very, very, very early on in e-commerce, you know, really low exits, you know, between like 50 to 75,000, basically building like business in a box opportunities for people that uh, wanted to get into e-commerce. Um, and then kind of got into the, the consulting side of things, helping, you know, traditional CPG brands that's selling in brick and mortar to go direct to consumer online. And now we're here. That's Ooh. awesome, man. I want to talk about the jump from services to revenue-based or loyalty model, not revenue-based model, right? That's slightly different. And then um, now, uh, now on the equity side. So how did you structure the, um, what was like basic model for you on the loyalty? Uh, yeah, so it, uh, uh, it's, it's royalty, not loyalty. So just so everyone understands, if you ever watch Shark Tank, Kevin, Mr. Wonderful, he loves to do royalty deals. People go on that show and they're like, I want $100,000 for 10% of my business. And then Mr. Wonderful says, how about I'll give you $100,000 for 6% of all of your sales, right? So royalty can either be like a per widget spiff, so a per product spiff. So if I send a hundred thousand, uh, you know, widgets, then I have a one dollar per widget royalty. Then you have to pay me a hundred thousand dollars for selling and manufacturing a hundred thousand widgets. And then the other way is percentage of revenue. Uh, typically, it's on net revenue, not profit. Uh, so revenue after discounts, uh, breakage, uh, after discounts, and and like refunds and exchanges. Typically, um, th that's how it works in the D2C model. So the way that we made the pivot, uh, it wasn't even really a pivot. It was kind of planned all along. Um, you know, just like I said before, Boomin, I was running an e-commerce portfolio, building smaller brands, um, but didn't have the funding available to me and knew that I wanted to build like a long-term team that I could go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with major, major D2C uh, brands and, and ultimately disrupt. The goal is to basically disrupt uh, a space, which... Um, I'm pretty confident we have one of those right now um, on, on, on its way. But the, the way that we transitioned was, you know, if you think about it, you know, if you're good at running Facebook ads, if you're good at doing email marketing, if, you know, if, if you have a small team of freelancers that you're managing and you can essentially get paid $10,000 a month to do that work, 
you can essentially then afford to employ and work with and build systems and processes and refine your skills as a group together for $10,000 a month. Maybe you add three, four, five more clients are starting to do 50, you know, $50,000 a month, let's say. Um, you can use that money and that savings to go and hire more people until your team's more and more built out. Um, and then eventually, you know, start saving enough money to build and or buy your own brands. Um, or once you build out your team enough, which is what we did, we were able to start, you know, so we built cost. So it, at Bloomin, we have um, full customer and fulfillment operations in-house. So we do all of our own inventory management. We have all of our own uh, domestic customer service teams here in the United States. Um, and we also do fulfillment vendor management. And then in addition to that, we have all things related to marketing. Content production is here in LA. Um, we have, you know, media buyers on all major platforms. Of course, we have a full design and creative team. Uh, you know, we have copywriters, email marketers, influencer marketers, you know, influencer marketing specialists, uh, social, uh, social media managers. Um, you know, we, we, we're fully integrated, um, you know, project management, and we used client money on the agency side to build our team to the point where we could start negotiating with these brands for a royalty. Hey, I will step in and run all of your marketing and all of your growth, including customer operations for let's say 10% of current revenue. So the point where we're not nickel and diming, no one's nickel and diming you. So they were able to get rid of their customer service teams and multiple agencies or we were able to get to the next level where we need to go and fully integrate our team into what they're doing. And when those deals get structured, it's typically uh, either a sales commission service agreement or you go the full royalty, uh, you know, you, you go the full royalty partnership agreements, uh, you know, uh, angle, which typically comes with a royalty buyout agreement. You know, these royalty buyout agreements basically state that you know, when and if you decide to part ways, you are paid, typically paid a fee, you know, typically, it'll be something like, you know, a fee equal to the last the the, the average of the last three months times six, let's say. Um, and so then these fees, there's shotgun clauses in place. So if they get acquired, you know, they exit, they want to part ways in the relationship. I'm, I'm basically dedicating a lot of my team and have a lot of liability and uh, employment liability in these brands as well. And so both parties are protected um, from, from these agreements. So um, that's kind of how, how we structure those deals and, and how we have aligned ourselves into in you know, doing royalty-based stuff. I love the also just the, the focus on the royalty model over sales commission, right? It's like sales commission, it's just another way to get cash, but the royalty buyout agreement allows you to build in some equity on your, your rev share deals. Right. And um, there's all kinds of ways that like a ton of agencies have, you know, they, they get ecstatic about these revenue share arrangements, but they're just another way to like, justify a retainer <laughs> and then the rule of large numbers kicks in and they're like, wait, what? we're paying you like 50 grand a month. Like let's renegotiate. Right. And so your royalty buyout agreement is, um, is yeah. super smart. Yeah. yeah. Not on only, I, I appreciate that. Not only 
do people love to renegotiate, but mostly people actually like to renegotiate when they feel like you're getting paid $50,000 a month for not providing enough value. And they're still having to hire as they grow and their expenses are getting larger without your expenses getting larger. You know, think about it. We're doing all influencer outreach. We're managing all social media. We're producing and shooting all of our own content. You know, we're doing all of our own media buyers. You know, we have our full suite. Uh, we have, you know, we have a full design and creative staff that specifically specializes in content for D to C brands. Right. So every single month, like we get paid $250,000, $350,000 a month, sometimes during like Q4 for some of our big brands. Right. Like think about the fact that we're providing like there's nothing that these other brands have to do. Right. And, and so we're running, like we are a strategic partner in the sense that we're running their company with them and, or for them alongside them. Right. And so they don't have to go and hire these other, uh, you know, the, these other roles in order to get there. Yeah. How do you, what are some of the clauses that you put in place to protect yourself? Right. Cause you are making those investments. Um, which yeah. you know, in a lot of cases could be considered equity investments, right? But you're getting it out of a, a royalty. So what what are some things where yeah, like I mean downside? Not necessarily. There, there's really no equity at play. Um, I mean, you can draft up a service agreement. By the way, none of this is legal advice. I hope everyone listening consults attorneys and uh <laughs> I don't want to end up on uh, you know, uh on the, the news. Posters. Yeah. But um you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to structure these deals. Uh, there's no one way that's right for anyone. Um, you know, when you have a more mature team and business model and more mature systems and processes, and, um, you know, the, you have the uh, financial capabilities to work with attorneys at a really high level and actually have enough leverage to negotiate with these brands, um, it, it's, it, you're playing at a little bit of a different level. Now, I think most of the people watching are going to be in like the earlier middle stages of trying to consider doing something like this. So we'll go like the service agreement route. I mean, you can write in shotgun clauses into a service agreement where if, you know, two, uh, two people part ways, the, 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 sorry, the, the two parties part ways, um, that there's some sort of fee involved. Um, and uh, that's a really early way to get it. And now that fee can be calculated a number of different ways. I, you know, spoke to the ability of, you know, averaging the, the, the equivalent of the last three, the average of the last three months of payment times six, so you're getting six months worth of compensation based on how the last three months went. Um, there's also a lot of other creative ways to do the deals where it's just a flat fee, right? Um, those are sometimes a little bit more scary for a lot of brands, uh, when you're starting off with them small. Uh, and also, you know, there's another way to just write it in and just like, Hey, with written notice, you know, we have not like, we're going to get paid for 90 days based on whatever revenue you do with or without us. Um, when you're doing these types of service agreements though, um, one thing to note is you know, an agreement is just an agreement between two people. And, you know, I can say F you to anyone, just like anyone else can say F you to me, and you can go to a lawsuit. So um, lawsuits are time consuming, they're expensive, they take much longer than most people realize and agreements are made to essentially be broken at some point in time. And so 
when you're doing these, make sure you're not just working with a low level attorney who's drafting up very generalized languages uh, or using generalized language and nothing specific enough. And, you know, there's there, you need to have a very, very, very well-built agreement um, in order to pull, pull these off. Otherwise you're ultimately unprotected. You're, you have a fake shield of protection. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I feel like we'll have you back for a whole nother episode on uh, just uh, contract agreements uh, when it comes to structuring it. I mean, there's a, there's, um, there's an art to it. And it sounds like you really, you know, come up with some creative ways to, to really differentiate yourself, right? And like, um, and it's not just, you know, standard service agreement. So that's awesome. Congrats on that. Uh, Dylan, you ready to get into this? I am. But Colin, when it comes to your portfolio of, you know, brands, how many can y'all, how many do y'all have right now? And with y'all's, you know, 30 little boominions, I'd like to call them, how, how which y'all's like bandwidth is? Yeah. Um, everyone on the team refers to people as boomers, which I, I don't like boominions or boomers. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we have 12 brands currently. Um, we're, we're, we have a, a two, brands that we're in due diligence on acquiring currently um, and one that we're building. You know, I talked about the really, really, really long-term vision of, you know, using other people's money to, you know, cash flow a, a team and, you know, maturing your systems and processes and moving into a royalty model where, you know, you scale up your revenues by, you know, uh, performing better with the group of people you're working on. Um, the next move for us is to, uh, build a category disruptive brand like you know Josh from from Snow Josh you know Josh Alizeche like you know having a, a category uh, disruption in teeth whitening or oral care um, you know uh, in in dog food you know what I mean all of these different uh, plays that that's really what the what the move is so this year we have a big emphasis on building a D to C um, condiment company. Um, the only like major DDC condiment company um, right now is Truff, in my opinion. Um, 95% of condiments are purchased in store at grocery stores. The options are limited. There are high end, you know, options available, but the flavors are limited. And so we're looking for that small batch, handmade, artisanal, gourmet condiments and dipping sauces direct to consumer. Um, which we have been working, which I've been working on for the last like two years. Um, and it should be rolling out like pretty early this year. Damn. Hell yeah, man. It's cool. I, I was kind of curious there. So we'll go back to the podcast, but man, you know, we'd love to kind of dive into AKA the rich ad of what's working really good for you right now. So, I mean, what's your rich ad in this world of digital marketing? Yeah, I mean, um, the the way that we're approaching uh, Facebook and, and discovery ads, so whether it be Snapchat, Pinterest, Facebook, is having you know a platform specific strategy for communication. So what we're doing on Pinterest and the way that users interact with that uh, you know uh, social media platform is significantly different than Facebook and Instagram. So we'll talk about Facebook and Instagram specifically, but. The really the the thing that we're doing really well, the strategy that's working really well from an advertising basis is number one, making sure that our average order value is fifty eight dollars or more. 
with the CPMs, um, with the CPMs everywhere. If you, you know, if you have a $25 cost per purchase, you know, you're still above a two ROAS. Um, you know, so making sure like, you know, it, it started out like 52 and over the last couple of years based on CPMs increasing and competition and conversion rates, like we always try to make sure that we're shooting for a $58 AOV. Um, and so that's one of like the cornerstones of, of success for us on, on things we're advertising from the D2C space, because you ultimately make it a lot easier for you to be successful in advertising, um, when you have higher, uh, AOV and more margin to play with um, for scalability. So when you're when we're trying to advertise cheaper products, uh, you have to be so much more better at advertising. And I like to say like, work smart, not hard. And it's really hard to make $30 products work with, you know, 10, $15 in margin. It's much easier to make, you know, $40 of margin to work on a $58 AOV. I can look like a much better advertiser. So. That's number one. The number two thing is stop discounting and we're giving free gifts away. Um, you know, instead of, you know, we do have some clothing brands, which I know is a really popular space. Lots of people sell hats and t-shirts. Um, you know, when you spend $65 or more, you unlock like a decal three pack in a koozie. You know, these decals cost 65 cents each, you know, landed in our warehouse and a koozie cost, you know, 85 cents. And it's a great addition to a hat or a t-shirt or a hoodie whenever they're, you know, so we're, we're incentivizing people spending $65 or more in order to unlock these free gift, we call them free gift promos, uh, no discount code needed, uh, it automatically gets added to cart. Uh, those are the promotions that are working really well. Now, if you go into, well, like, what are we advertising? The reason I brought all that up is because we like to show our best selling products in ads and then show the free gift offer, right? Like, um, so sell the product and then make the offer of buy this, get this, like, here's this extra bonus kicker. Um, and then when you land on the landing page or the product page, um, wherever we're sending traffic to post-click, um, you know, we have communication and we show the free gift in addition to selling the item. So that's really what's working best for us. So you can take all of your best performing products and add this free gift promotion to it to either use it as a tool to increase AOV. So someone sees a hat that they really like, and they know, oh, if I buy this hat and this t-shirt, I'm going to get unlock this free gift, which a lot of people like. And then the other thing is um, when you're using these no discount code needed promos, you can also have these mini evergreen offers, as we like to say, on the page for like to enter your, your phone number for 10% off. Um, and so using an SMS discount and a free gift, people are getting 10% off to buy a hat and a t-shirt, unlocking a free gift. This is the type of promotion that's working for us very well on Facebook. I know it's not a specific ad. You know, we've got video ads, we've got static ads. You just show your best performing products, the ones that are proven, take your most proven ads and leverage a, you know, a good offer. Um, you know, so that, that's really what's working best for us on, on the platform. That makes complete sense. And I mean, when it comes to that magic AOV number, if you come on with a brand and they're at 50 bucks, you know, and you want to get the $8 more, do y'all incorporate all the upsells, downsells, cross-sells and all that kind of stuff to kind of make it to that threshold to give y'all some more wiggle room? You know, there's a lot of really brilliant people like Ezra Firestone and, 
you know, people that are really able to get up upsells and cross sells to work very effectively. And, and, you know, uh, you know, probably you guys as well. Um, you know, you know, funnel by definition, some of the funnel dash stuff, I think would give you, you know, metrics into that. We've never been a post-purchase upsell or an in-cart upsell group. Um, I think it's kind of shiny object syndrome. It distracts people from what we were doing. We were laying all of our cards out initially. Um, I like a lot of the back end. Uh, I like I like to let my back end do a lot of that stuff. Um, and it there's also a lot less variables to measure uh, the impact on when you have post purchase post purchase and in cart again. There's a lot of different ways to do this. That's just my opinion on it. We very rarely do it. We do have some in-cart upsells, uh, but cross-sells and upsells like on-site before or after the purchase in that same session, uh, we don't focus on. That makes complete sense. And I mean, yeah, when you get a free goodie, that's that's a good little sense of there. I, I fall for the trap weekly, it seems like. So that's solid there, man. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out ad card. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Now, while that is working good, you know, we love to beat around the bush to find out what's not working so good. So, of course, with our poor ad segment, what's something you thought would kill it that crash and burned and maybe lost you a good amount? <laughs> yeah, um, man, I I'll tell you, the thing that's really killing us right now is... There, like, there was a lot of long-form video ads that, uh, when I say long-form, like longer than a minute and a half, that um, were always working extremely well for us. And the success of, of long-form ads has decreased quite a bit. Um, we specifically have a, a, uh, a, a like performance cosmetic for eyelashes and eyebrows uh, in the beauty space that uh, we're, we have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into uh, product testing on a quarterly basis uh, into ad testing alone. Um, and long form video is kind of dying out. I think, uh, you know, people's attention span is not working. It's not what it used to be. 
people are sick of getting sold to long form. Uh, I think is, you know, that's starting to happen. A lot of people have kind of ruined it or manipulated or exploited it is probably the best word for it. You know, marketers ruin everything. And I think marketers have officially started to kill and I've started to see a decline in long form video ads. That's super interesting. Now with y'all's kind of ads in general, what's your go-to under 15 seconds? I, I know some people have saying six seconds or less is killing it for Q4. But what's y'all's kind of sweet spot for what you see that, you know, that's just kind of been more common. Hey, if we need some content pushed out, you already kind of know some of the ratios you want to go for. What's y'all's, you know, goal there essentially? Yeah, um, we're a big fan of the AIDA, ADA, uh, copywriting format, whether it be uh, video script writing, video communication writing. It doesn't have to be a script. Um, and so we like to stick to that as, as, as much as, uh, possible. So attention, interest, desire, uh, action, you know, making sure we have, if you want to get all those elements, we think that like 15 seconds is probably the shortest amount of time you can be effective in doing that. Um, so we, we stick to 15 seconds. Um, we don't really go any shorter 15, that 15 to 20 second sweet spot has been performing best for us. I think. Hell Yeah. So long story short, long form videos aren't doing as hot as they used to. So y'all, of course, you get the hints of the name, Rich Ad, Poor Ad, very close to another, you know, thing. So we love to kind of find the crossroads of marketing and the, you know, financial side of things. So what's some sort of financial principle or tip you can kind of share with the audience based off your expertise, background, open up the curtains, man, release the beasts. Financial tip. Um, honestly, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up, um, you know, trying to personally like hoard and save money from what they're doing in like the uh, D2C or the agency space or even, uh, you know, affiliates. Um, and one of the things I've learned over the last like three, four years has been, you know what I mean? Like to pay myself what I basically need in order to live the quality of life that I want. Um, but not to be greedy and to continue to reinvesting, um, in team, um, because I'm starting to see the beginnings of, uh, being able to actually visualize and, and mentally map and, and actually work towards, um, you know, those really big fuck you exits that everyone always talks about. And, um, it takes a lot of, um, you know, short-term sacrifices, for you know what i mean depreciating depreciating assets and things like that in order to get to a point where you know you have enough capital available to you to take things to the next level um and so invest in your team like build a team like you can go really quick by yourself and with a small team but you can go really far and do big things with a large team and so it takes money to get there uh, you know don't be cheap hire good people um i found that you know, hiring one very quality person who's dedicated and feels compensated is better than three, you know, undercompensated people, uh, people that, you know, are not good. Um, and there's really good people at lots of different compensation levels all over the globe. If, you know, if you're located in the US, you know, you can start to use, uh, you know, uh, the, the value of the dollar, um, the, the US dollar. Uh, and the exchange rates for and the cost of living uh, in other countries. Um, you know, one of the things Dylan, you just mentioned, you know, we hire in Lithuania. Why do we hire in Lithuania? 
because they're, you know, English speaking, they understand Western culture. Um, they're very data driven. They're extremely well-spoken. They're educated. And you know what I mean? Like it's a very progressive country actually. Um, and they just work really well. Like they have, it's like working with Americans, you know what I mean? Um, yet your dollar goes farther over there, um, because their typical, you know, annual compensation isn't, isn't as high. You know, we pay them as if they're Americans, um, personally, but you know, your dollar can go far, um, f farther in other places. And, you know, so we have employees in Mexico and so on and so forth, but, um, you know, don't be cheap, hire good quality people, you know, use the money you're making to reinvest back into your business. You know, the way that I've gotten, the way that we've progressed in four years from very small agency doing low level work to having enough working capital to buy and acquire businesses and, you know, bankroll a fully integrated e-commerce team operating 12 businesses was constantly reinvesting back into the business and paying my people first before I was paid. Um, knowing that, you know, my big cash out day is someday in the future and, you know, it'll be enough to share with everyone on the team as well. So that's kind of been my thing, like reinvest back into the business, um, um, you know, have a big vision and stick to it. And, you know, like Zach was saying earlier, just like, don't be afraid to take the jump. Like, don't get, you know, don't, don't, you gotta, you gotta wean off the teat, you know, of, uh, the good, the good cash flow from agency life. Oh, this has been amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing like that journey. And uh, it's pretty cool stuff that you're up to. I'm excited to see what you do in the condiment space. Um, I, I really think uh, somebody needs to do some more bacon ranch condiments. Um, I got you. Uh -oh. <laughs> I got you, man. Okay, great. All right, good. I'll be one of the first people that uh, I send the condiment box to. I want some UGC. <laughs> <laughs> makes the worst videos <laughs> makes the worst videos this is this 34 year old dude uh it's like oh my gosh oh colin how can people uh get in touch how can we support you on uh, what you're up to yeah uh appreciate asking um you know i'm um semi-active on instagram at colin magoo m-c-g-o-o -O. uh but yeah search me on instagram colin mcguire um, you know, if you want to chat there, I'm probably most responsive there. I'm very bad at email. Don't really look at Facebook too much. Um, not on Twitter. So uh, I, I remain pretty focused on, on what, on what I'm working on. So reach out to me on Instagram. Um, would love to answer any questions and connect with you guys. Um, also, if you have a, you know, a brand, an e-commerce brand at early traction with branded products, and you're just interested how much you can get for that business and whether or not I'd buy it from you, I would love to talk to you. Your business isn't for sale and you're like, hey, I might like to make $150,000 this year and you know move on to the next thing. Um, I would love to talk to you because- If an e-commerce business is just like humming along at let's just say like 250 grand a year, what do you, what, what do you think those like, uh, how would you value an e-com? Like what's the range there? What's the going rate on, on an e-com business? Well, okay. um, the traditional way to value a business is based on at least having 24 months of profitable history and or revenue history at all. Uh, a lot of these young DTC brands don't have that. So the traditional model of taking your EBITDA and, you know, giving like a three or a four times valuation on net profit 
um, you know, including owner compensation is typically not a very good model. It depends on uh, a lot of things like, you know, is there IP involved? Do they have, you know what I mean? Are they manufacturing something? Is there a lot of competitors in the space? Is it an original product? Can I get IP in it? Um, but all, all things said, if you have a young business and it's done, you know, 25 to $50,000 in profit over the last 12 months uh, or more than that, um, you know, three, you know, a three times value, a three times, uh, you know, about a three X valuation to, 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 to buy that. Um, plus you get paid on, you know, whatever inventory you have, um, at or slightly below cost sometimes, um, based on, you know, whether or not, whether or not you can negotiate to get paid, uh, for your shipping of that inventory. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the sweet spot deals, we like brands that are doing that 250 to a million dollars a year in revenue. And, uh, those are great deals for us because we can self-finance them. Yeah, no, there you go, man. Pocket, uh, pocket, pocket, hundred K, 200 K hit up Colin, uh, you know, go, go live on the beaches for 12 months, go start another DUC brand, sell to call them again. It's a never ending cycle. Hey, I'm here for that. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, super, super helpful. And uh, we'll definitely have you on the Rich Head Poor Head podcast again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Zach and Dylan. Have a great day. much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpoored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at funnel-.com show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ed book to learn more about the book go to richadpoored.com to leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.